This is the Ridgeline Leadership Podcast, episode 55. Here we go. What's up, everyone? This is Blake and Peter, and welcome back to the Ridgeline Leadership Podcast, the podcast that empowers aspiring leaders to identify, connect to, and advance on the path of leadership. What's up, guys? Welcome back. Thanks for joining us and watching as we talk about some different topics. Um, and uh, really, the last couple episodes, we've really been discussing different aspects of team health and dynamics. Um, so last time, we really dug into handling team change and what that looks like. Um, and then how that affects the members of your team, as well as you as a leader. Another dynamic that really affects teams um, is, is a, a big word that we really, I think we all try to avoid, and that's the word conflict. Nobody really likes conflict. Um, I've met a couple people in my life who said they really like conflict, and I believe them. Um, but the rest of the people, <laughs> I just scary. don't. <laughs> it's yeah. very terrifying. Um, but when two or more of your members of a team are at odds with each other, it really affects the team in more ways than I think we really realize. Um, and it's a lot of different ways. So Blake, why don't we just dig right into this on dealing with team conflict? So there are times that we're going to have issues going on with a teammate who is clearly just not fitting the team, right? Like those, we've talked about this before. We've talked about these issues. It's clear they're not fitting the team. What do you do? Go listen to that podcast, okay? Yep. That's not this, right? This is different. This is when we've got two or more people who clearly fit the team. They're great at what they do. They love the culture. They engage in what they're doing, but they are having conflict. They don't like another teammate, but both of them are great. What do you do in those times? Like That's what we're digging in here because um, there is much risk in allowing personal issues to get in the way of team advancement. What I'm not saying here, because I think what people may have just heard me say is that keep your home life at home and keep your issues between each other and your emotions away from the workplace. That's not what I'm saying. We can't do that very well, people. Okay, we think we're good at separating my work me and my home me and my family me and my, come on. You like see how screwed happen. up we are, period? And you think you can compartmentalize all those things? No, I don't think so. Those things are going to affect us at, at work, at home. It's just going to happen. So what we're going to talk about today is, is, is that, is not allowing that risk to affect the team. Okay, so it's going to happen. How do you handle it well? We're leaders. We need to lead the situation. How do we lead it well? Um, because what we don't want to start happening is that we start getting gossip about one another. Okay, that is, I don't care. No culture should be built on a culture of gossip. Okay, so gossip is not a thing that's going to satisfy or help you in accomplishing what you are, what you do uniquely as a business or as a team or as a group. 
camp creating. This is no fun. This is when the two sides say, well, instead of just dealing with this issue, why don't I bring more people into it and start building my camp so that, you know, they're, I, all, all I need to do is have more people than the other person. We're going to win. That's how war works. It is, but we're on the same team and that's the problem here. Um, You still have to bring a successful result about regardless if your team is following the yellow brick road or not. Okay. You still have to bring a good win. How do you lead your team? Well, Um, when we allow two people's issues or, and I'm just going to stick with the two people. I'm not going to get into the whole camp. It's easier that way. When we allow two people's issues to remain in an environment that is trying to be successful, it will affect that environment. This is like the toxic person. We're allowing a toxic toxic scenario potentially, okay? And it, it is only toxic when we allow it to be, okay? Um, many people will say that it's um, it's like, it's none of your business, you know, leave, stay out of it, let them work it out, it's not a big deal. And there is some truth there. Sometimes, like, you, you've got to allow, maybe the best answer isn't go fix the problem, but it's, hey, allow them to work through it. But when people say it's not your business and stay out of it altogether, um, that's not always true because that's affecting the culture of your team and of what you're trying to do. And that is your business. Absolutely. Because culture is that environment. And if yeah. that's the case and that's happening, then it is your responsibility as a leader to get involved. I am not saying you should be the firefighter of every scenario, I'm not saying that. I'm not saying jump in every little tiff that happens quickly yeah. because, oh, we got to nip it in the bud. No, sometimes you don't need to, okay? But that, and, and every issue we're going to talk about today is circumstantial. You have to evaluate it. But I, I would not be the helicopter parent here who is just ready yeah. to fix every little issue that could happen to little Susie or little Billy you need to allow some of this to work itself out. But when it becomes toxic as a leader, that's where you need to step in and start helping. And and not and helping is not just getting rid of the problem. Helping is helping people learn to fight well because conflict is not a bad thing. Okay. Yeah. It is only a bad thing when you define it as a bad thing. So conflict, um, and I I think her name's Esther Harding said that conflict is the beginning of consciousness. Love that. Love that quote. Conflict is the beginning of consciousness because we have conflict for so many different reasons. And a lot of those reasons have to do with the person, us, me, and and I get consciousness of myself, right? The, this is the whole, uh, when you point at someone else, you got three fingers pointing back at you kind of thing. Mm -hmm. Um, and as corny as that is, I think there's some power in that. So I, I love that quote. Conflict is the beginning of consciousness. And that's what's going to take us to uh, this this next place of, you know, what do we need to know? What do we need to do? Sure. I love that. Um, it just reminded me when you said that to a buddy of mine, Adam Schroeder. Um, he's actually one of our vendors, too. We were at a meeting and one time we were just talking about something. You he say just Adam this- Schroeder? I'm sorry, Abram, Abram Schroeder. Wow, I read that wrong. And I was like, that's funny. Yeah, Abram Schroeder yeah. uh, said, foundation of growth is disagreement. Mm. And it was one of those moments when I was like, holy shit, it's so true. You know, we yeah. don't 
we're not going to grow until we experience other perspectives and other schools of thought, right? So this is, these are good opportunities. I wouldn't say that every conflict is good. I like the way you put this conflict is not a bad thing, right? It's, it's viewed as good opportunities, how it's, how we deal with it gives us that opportunity, right? And really similar to change, like we talked about last week, and you alluded to this, we're going to experience this dynamic. We're going to have conflicts. We just need to accept that. We need to get it out in the open and we need to say it out loud. Conflict will happen. If you don't have conflict in your in your team at some point, one point or another, more than likely, you're probably not paying close enough attention because I guarantee it's there, right? There are so many different um backgrounds to people. They have different ways of thinking. They have uh, different belief systems, political leanings. Everybody is different. So there's going to be that opportunity for that conflict there. It's inevitable. That's why we want to really push this out there and say, hey, it's important that you're paying attention and you're watching for these things. Mm. Yeah. Many issues we're going to face tend to have um, definable characteristics. Okay. And what I mean there is a lot of times disagreement, conflict remains because there's nobody stepping in to give a definable reason why something's happening. We, we will stay very high-level symptom-focused, and we don't really dig into what could be the deeper issue. Um, but when I've dealt with conflict between other teammates, what I've realized is a lot of times the issues are not so-and-so said this. The issue is a personality issue, you know, and personality is not culture. Okay. And, and this is, we miss this a lot as we think we have good culture. We have bad culture based on the personality type of a person, whether they're extroverted or introverted, you know, whether they are outgoing, they're very brash. Like those are personality things. And a lot of times we define people just by a personality type and we got to be careful there however it is it is really interesting you know we we use a thing called high match or burke assessment when we hire people um onto the team and we get this like nice report of like hey how is this person you know when it comes to adaptability are they independent or are they accommodating you know when we look at those things and when we have a lot of conflict issue a lot of times what we see is there, there's just a personality disagreement here. Their personality traits are just vastly different. And like opposites attract, true, but opposites also cause contention. You know, that's, that's, not, the, that's not the needle stitch pillow one that we have. Like opposites true. attract. This is like, hey, they also don't. <laughs> yeah. Um, and there are times that, you know, we have incredibly aggressively assertive people and then we have very relaxed and reserved people you put those people in a room together and they don't always get along but being able to define that and say hey i think this issue might not be so and so doesn't like you or they want to slash your tires i think it might be that you are when it comes to like sociability you're very task oriented they're people oriented you guys aren't um and this is another one you're not valuing the same things and sometimes when we don't value the same things we think the other person doesn't have like care in the world or they're not a team player yeah. and we have to be careful 
we aren't defining high level issues here by personality issues or how they value things or another big one is how they communicate so how do you communicate yeah. with one another communication styles are big and when yeah. we have different communication styles um because communication style is not just how you say things it's how you also receive things when someone's communication style is not hitting how you receive things then then you're going to have a problem and so you want to be able to to understand or at least define that stuff um quickly as a team having a core value uh that allows some of this stuff is going to be important too and what i mean so, is right. like we've got a core value that says we build trust through candor which means that we need to be able to have those conversations we need to be able to say those things in hard ways um but also you know a core value that focuses on on the team so yeah. a we not me perspective you know that's one of our uh, core values is we not me and why that's important is because uh, a lot of times the issue the conflict the the problem at hand is because we're focused on self okay sure. other times there's a lot of frustration and it's that both sides are really pushing for a team betterment right and that's and when those times are happening my guess is it's probably personality disagreement or just maybe even in the way you're going at and attacking a problem and that's that's fine but having core values that hold the team as like this point of focus and allow conflict those are good things because we're going to have conflict we said this at least 10 times in yeah. this first like 10 minutes you know we're going to have conflict we need to know how to handle it in our own lives but we also need to as leaders help people understand how to work through this um and there's a really good quote by ronald reagan he says that peace is not the absence of conflict it is the ability to handle conflict by peaceful means love that man i'm gonna That's read that awesome. again peace is not the absence of conflict it is the ability to handle conflict by peaceful means because conflict will happen it's going to and when we can do it in a good way we're going to bring about the right mentality we're going to bring about trust we're going to bring about this ability to grow with one another max lucado even says that conflict is inevitable okay it's inevitable but combat is optional and that's what we're going to start digging into a little bit that's more so here. Good. That is so good. I love those quotes, man. They're man, they're bangers. The ability to, they are really are the ability to handle handle conflict by peaceful means. Like that just mm -hmm. that hits. It really hits. Um, one one thing too that I think is important to note as we're talking about this being inevitable, right? Is that if you do not address conflict, it's going to only grow. Um, you had mentioned earlier too, like you don't have to jump in at the very onset of it. Sometimes letting people figure out, um, you know, their, their little or beginnings of conflict is good because people learn to work those things out. They do. Sometimes though, it goes a lot bigger and it starts getting more and more ugly. Letting that go, it, it just is going to make it worse. I've, I've, I don't want to say never, but rarely has ignoring the issue ever resolved the conflict rarely it just it doesn't just go away you don't get to just say well it'll resolve over time no that's not true so one thing we like to do here we really like talking about 
these issues and bringing the different aspects to light. But then we also really want to give some actionable items that you can do, some things that you can grab onto um, to be able to deal with these things, right? So as we talked about team change, we talked about some op- some steps that you can take through that. As we're looking at conflict, this isn't necessarily a step-by-step because each situation is different, right? And And laying out a formula isn't always going to work. But there's some pretty big principles here that we really want to impart and and try to help in any way if you're dealing with conflict or you know it's upcoming or you've dealt with in the past um, and you've kind of analyzed that situation. Here's some things that can really help with that. Um, And for me, the first and foremost uh, thing that I I want to bring up is it's super important that you meet with both individuals at the same time. Right. Uh, There's there's different thoughts on this for me. um, I just there's so much value to getting two people um, in the same room together um, with a, a third party who is neutral, the mediator usually should be you as the leader, right? Um, and being able to air out those frustrations and disagreements in person in a safe environment, right? You're not allowing them to yell at each other, but you're you're allowing them to express those things that maybe they've never actually spoken out loud in the past. Right. Now, that being said, I think there's some some value to you meeting with these individuals beforehand in a, in a, in a private setting, right? You want to get an idea of what you're walking into. You want to know what the, the pain points are from both sides, um, because emotions run high in those situations. People are going to feel attacked, whether we try to, uh, mediate that or not, they're going to feel that way. It's our job as leaders. And as those who are mediating this conflict to try to dispel all of that as best we can. So knowing some of what you're going into, um, and maybe even coaching them, through how to ad- how to address it or how to bring it up uh, can help, um, but sometimes you want to feel that out per situation and per person. Um, you want these people to work together um, and really to be able to do that. The, the goal of this is always resolution. It's not a splitting or a breaking of the team. It's always resolution. In order to do that, they have to be willing to speak to each other and come to uh, to an agreement or to a conclusion as well. Yeah. And this is this is strictly focusing on when you've already allowed them to try to work through this themselves. Because yeah. there's there is much power in letting that happen first. Because if you like you, this process to you, I'm sure is going to be a pain in the ass, right? Like you're gonna be like, oh, I just want to do the thing I want to like I'm here to do and fixing this stuff. First off, that mindset, get out of it, okay? Maybe you should think, hey, this is part of my job. Leading people is part of my job, which means leading them through what? Conflict, issues, problems. Okay, that is that is part of your job if you're leading people. So, but, the, but also, if you don't, or if you always are the person who is fixing the problem, then everyone will always bring all the problems to you. You are creating part of the problem here. Okay, so allow them to work it out first. If it doesn't work out, if things are getting worse, that's when you step in because you're not, again, you own the culture. And and I say own, but I mean, you're responsible for making sure you have a good culture, a good environment for seed to grow, a good, you know, the, the soil is tilled, it's it's watered often, the sun, it's in a good place for the sun to hit. You're doing all of those things you don't allow this type of thing to happen. As you're meeting, kind of zooming back in, as you're meeting with people and dealing with these issues, ask questions, stay there, 
stay in a place where you're asking questions. You're separating facts from emotions. Mm. Both will be there. Okay. And a lot of times they're not like, you know, George Washington was the first president of the United States. Also, I hate you. That is not usually how it works. It's usually like, you stupid mother effer. George Washington was the first president of the United States. You're like, okay, there's, there's some things here. They're usually right on top of each other. And it, it's a challenge, but you do, you have to separate both of those things, both of those things from one another to help understand the bigger picture problem. Um, I, I even like as you're bringing like as the conversations kind of got to the pinnacle and of the issue, um, being able to summarize what you heard everyone said, because in conflict, a lot of times both sides are saying and neither is listening. And so what you're doing at the end is summarizing. Um, I, and I like to summarize, hey, here's what I'm hearing. Both of you are saying the exact same thing here. Both yeah. of you are saying the exact same thing here. Here's where our issue is. And so what you're starting to do is you're starting to identify the issues over the symptoms. You're starting to say, here's the bigger picture difference is that you think everyone should be working like this and you think everyone should be working like this. Can both be true? Like part of this <laughs> yeah, conflict right. is maybe realizing that both things could be true here. And when you allow that to happen and you identify issues over symptoms, um, you're going to help things long-term. You're going to help them learn how, what it is to solve these conflicts themselves. So again, don't, don't just try to nip things in the bud, figure out the big picture problem, summarize it for them and help them see, show them what the process of good um, conflict resolution even looks like. Yeah. And, and when you're in the middle of this, right, there's two things that are that are good for you to keep in your mind. One is to have an open mind, right? So don't come into this with uh, presuppositions of how this should go or what people are going to say, and then give people the benefit of the doubt, right? Mm -hmm. Don't be the first person to jump to critical thinking. Be the first person to think that there's probably more to the story than you're hearing, right? Mm -hmm. um, and a lot of time asking those questions will help um, flesh those things out and keep you from a place of where you feel like you have to uh, just be critical and you've got to solve all the problems. Ask those questions, keep them talking. And you don't have, we've said it, you don't have to fix every problem, okay? Some, sometimes in the conflict resolution process, you're meeting with people, there are going to be a ton of problems at hand. It, it is not easy to move a mountain, Okay. This thing, not everybody's going to leave these things holding hands and giving a small little smile at each other as they walk through the door. <laughs> these, these things take time too, okay? So you don't have to fix every problem at once. Um, again, you're focusing on the issue. You're not focusing on the person. Um, and when you can do that, when you can help both teammates not see that, like, hey, this person's thinking this, this person, um, you know, has this vendetta, stay away from the person. Okay. When you stay away from it, you know, so-and-so is said this and they're, they're doing this on purpose. Mm -mm. Stay away from there. Allow the issue to be what we're looking at. Um, a couple big ones for me, don't allow passive aggressiveness in this time. Like you want candid, <laughs> clear statements being said, like, 
if someone's like getting snippy about things, like just simplify it. Hey, you pissed off? <laughs> just ask. You pissed off right now? Right. It seems like you're really mad. Okay, you're mad? Great. At least just say that instead of having this like passive aggressive mentality. Hey, uh, part of leading is helping people learn how to fight well. Okay. Again, conflict, fighting, whatever you want to call it. Um, we we got to teach them how to fight well. How to what are the rules of the game? Um, younger generations, including my own. Okay, I'm a millennial. Proud to say it. <laughs> Uh, don't like to work things out face to face. No, and it's it's hard. And I I will agree. I don't like it. It's not, not like very very true what you said, Pete, at the beginning. There are some people who like conflict. I don't really want them in my life all the time. <laughs> no. But the truth is, is uh, we got to be able to have that face to face conversation um, because that's how things get resolved. How will we start building trust? Um, you need to help your teammate understand the bigger picture mm. and not to burn bridges. My goodness, if I could if I could have one thing that people walked away with, don't burn the bridge. Burning the yep. bridge feels good for a second. Yep. Okay, when you get across the bridge, you burn it, you're like, yeah, that's right, got him. And then you realize your house was on the other side. Yes. You got to get back. Like, yep. It's not good. Don't burn that bridge. There's no reason. And you just don't know. This is what I've learned. And I've seen it. And I've been glad I haven't burned certain bridges. You just don't know what the future looks like. Yeah. I have had people who I had huge personality issues with 15 years ago now being close friends. And I never would have got there. Had I not come to a place where I was growing, where I was being able to have that consciousness on myself and realized, oh, no, that was my fault. Yeah, probably shouldn't have said it like that. <laughs> well, coming to those aha moments and knowing you have a place to fix things is great. When you've burned a bridge, it's going to take a lot of fixing to do. So whew, don't burn bridges. It's not great. Okay. Um, whenever you're conflict or you're having conflict with someone, there's one factor that can make the difference. Okay. And I love this quote. Okay. This is by, uh, William James it says, whenever you're conflict, you're in conflict with someone. There is one factor that can make the difference between damaging your relationship and deepening it. Hmm. That factor is attitude. Okay. So in wow. this moment, having the right attitude is what we're trying to help people learn in the conflict resolution. As a leader, you're leading your team to help them have the right attitude, perspective, and giving people the ability to talk it out. When your team can work like that, conflict is not as scary, okay? Because you know yeah. that it's not about a person, it's about a problem. You know, it's about fixing an issue. It's not about some value-based thing that if someone says, hey, I don't agree with you, you don't freak out. Instead, you go, okay, well, why? Let's get into this. Let's mm -hmm. dig into this. Yeah. Let's see what the factors are. And let's clarify these things. Let's get away from the emotional spot side of it because we will fill in the gaps we don't understand with storytelling. Yeah. You know, oh, so-and-so didn't uh, turn this in on time. I wonder if it's because they're a piece of shit. <laughs> <That's right>. Like, <laughs> whoa, what? Yeah. 
Like maybe just, they, there's another reason there could be. Yeah. Maybe that other reason is that, uh, their kid went to the hospital and they didn't turn it in because they had to go deal with that. And, yeah. and I'm not giving like justification for any other thing. I'm just saying we fill in the story and our brains don't fill it in with best case scenario. Usually no. we usually <laughs> fill it in with worst case scenario. Yes. So getting in a place that we're not storytelling is really important. Um, and like I've said, just over and over, give it time. Mm -hmm. Okay. Once, once you've had these conversations, don't come to work the next day or to your team the next day. And you see that there are still some issues and you're like, what the hell guys, we should have already fixed this. Yeah. Like, yep. whoa, whoa, whoa. It's going to take time. You're talking about mindset change. You're talking about complete paradigm shift allow it to take some time the danger to the other side though so i'm going to play devil's advocate here on that one blake i agree Please. with living it letting it take some time but don't just like fix and forget right so you want to give it time but you don't want to forget about it because there could still be things that you need to follow up on there could still be more conversations that come out of it you need to be watching still as a leader watching closely checking in with them not assuming that it's going to be fixed overnight, but also not assuming that once you have that one conversation, it's done, right? Be that be be a little more skeptical of how people work and make sure that you're following up with them too. Don't just let it go to the side. Yeah, that's good. Okay, so I think maybe the last thing to say in conflict resolution and when you're having conflicts with team members and stuff, and this is just because I always, this is part of own, like, extreme ownership is seeing and asking the question, <laughs> is it you? Are you maybe part of this problem too? And even in the midst of conflict resolution, as I've seen conflicts happen between people and we've had this conflict resolution in the midst of it, especially when we're talking about at work and um, stuff of that nature, there I, I've noticed like, ooh, they're having a fight right now over an issue that I kind of had a hand in. <laughs> and instead of like not saying anything and like shrinking back and getting away from everyone else, like yes. maybe, maybe lean in and be like, Ooh, Hey guys, that one might be on me. Yeah. Um, you know, it, it might be on me because I'm realizing that I wasn't very clear on the roles. I wasn't very clear on the responsibilities. Uh, I see that there's a breakdown in process. And that's on me. Um, we got to be careful. Remember, unclear expectations are nothing more than premeditated resentments. And so when I step into that place and I'm at fault and I wasn't clear, say it. Help help part of that because you're going yeah. to exemplify what it is to um, respectfully handle it well. Um, and another one is just be careful that you're not causing more issues when you're dealing, like when you're playing both sides. So offline, mm -hmm. as they're like, kind of, as Pete talked about in the beginning, you know, yeah. meet with everyone together. When you do a lot of the one-on-one -on -one, and that's the only way you're doing it, you're playing both sides and you're more politicking than you are fixing. When you're doing those things, you're not, you're, you're not gonna do good stuff. You're causing the problem big time. Um, so we just, we got to be able to stand in a place where we can say, yeah, you know, this might be on me. I think I wasn't very clear. I wasn't 
you know, I, I didn't bring resolve to this issue. I actually caused it. When you can do that, I think that's going to be a, a, a great step in the right direction. Um, and just like one last thing that just kind of popped into my head. Um, in the, I want to say it's in the art of war, which is an interesting thing to bring up here. That is. Um, <laughs> but the author, um, and I'm, I'm going to butcher this hard, but he basically talks about this concept of always giving your opponent or the person you're in conflict with a way out. Hmm. Always give them a way out because That's when good. you back people into a corner, they become feral. And it's a lot harder to anticipate and work through issues with feral. When, when you give people a way out and you keep things curious, and so that's why questions are so good. When you keep things curious and you're like, hey, why did you do this? And instead of saying, you did this because, right? That's backing someone in a yeah. corner and putting them on a defensive and now they're in fight or flight. But when you ask questions and allow them to answer in a different perspective, you're giving them a way out. Maybe they see halfway through the discussion that they're wrong, but they've been fighting like hell because it's you versus them, right? Yeah. At that point, they're going to continue fighting like hell, even if they saw that they were wrong. Yes, they will. They're going to look for anything they can say they're right about. Mm -hmm. Giving them room to have a graceful exit and a graceful... Um, not a humiliating, I got you, haha, and that's what we all want. I get it. Yeah. We all want to have the humiliating, I told them. Uh, but when we give someone a graceful out, man, that's it's one of the kindest things you can do and one of the most mature things you can do. For sure. Yeah. We will all deal with conflict um, as we have so many different personalities, values, backgrounds, political leanings, systems of beliefs on our teams, right? But ignoring that conflict and the subsequent issues that come from that will not lead to any type of resolution. It's just going to make it worse. As a leader, we must step in and seek the resolution between those in conflict, um, or really, we risk polluting the entire environment. Take the time to listen to each side. Have both or all individuals involved tell all their frustrations, their difficulties, whatever it is, and look for that common ground. Um, as well as the big picture issue, right? Remember not to let that monster grow with time. It's going to get so much worse. Help your team learn how to fight well uh, and then give them time to resolve the issue, but be sure to follow up. Don't just fix and forget. Lastly, be sure to reflect on you. Are there areas in your leadership uh, that have caused the conflict or at least contributed to it? Keep in mind too, conflict is not a bad thing. When it's addressed properly, it is a great platform for growth. Thanks for joining us this week on the Ridgeline Leadership Podcast. See you guys next time. If you guys want to reach out to us and talk to us, ask us questions, we would love to do a question and answer sometime or a question and response. We do have an email. It is rlp at ridgelineei.com. We'll put that link um, or that email in the description below. Reach out to us. Let us know what your thoughts are. Also, we'd like to thank our very own Luke Van Tress, a.k.a. Mr. Boxes, for our kick-ass original theme song. 